may I welcome you to the uh, University College Annual Access Lectures, this is the sixth in the uh, series. Our, uh, our speaker is uh, Anthony Selden. Uh, he is an educationalist, both uh, in practice and in advocacy. He left university to become a school teacher, uh, teaching and then writing about uh, history and politics. He's been a headmaster of uh, three independent schools and is currently master of Wellington College. And his energetic leadership of all three schools has been uh, marked by three things. Uh, a fierce defence of educational standards, radical innovation, including, for example, the introduction of happiness classes, courses in leadership for all pupils, the provision of parent classes, and the establishment of two carbon copy Wellington colleges uh, in Tianjin and Shanghai in China. But it's also been marked by his uh, long-standing practical advocacy of wider access to independent schools and leading universities. And he is a man of action as well as words. In 2013, he established the Wellington Academy, uh, the first, I think, academy school to be sponsored by an independent school, uh, and he is the executive principal of Wellington Academy. So he's really the head of two schools at the same time. And as if this wasn't enough to keep a fit man busy, uh, Anthony Selden is a contemporary political historian of Britain, and a prolific author of biographies of prime ministers and, one might say, biographies of governments as well, um, of which the most recent, uh, about to come out, The Coalition Effect, I'll show it here, uh, will be published very, uh, 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 very soon. I think that someone should write a book called The Selden Effect, given, uh, given Anthony Selden's impact in the schools that he has led and beyond. In fact, he tells me that he's got three other books coming out uh, this year. One is called Beyond uh, uh, Happiness, and it is, um, um, it is um, about uh, his belief that happiness is something that, that, that uh, one can uh, teach um, or certainly encourage uh, students uh, to have. Uh, he's written also uh, Cameron at Ten, which is an inside account of his of uh, David Cameron's premiership, at least uh, for these first uh, five uh, years. And then later in the year, uh, he has another book coming out uh, called Where Has Education uh, Gone uh, Wrong? This is the, as I said, the sixth annual access lecture. Our previous lectures have all in their different ways focused on universities as the agents of social mobility through uh, wider access to uh, higher um, education. But almost everybody who speaks about the subject knows that schools are an equally, if not more important, agent of social mobility. And this evening we shall hear from... Sir Anthony about uh, the potential role of independent and selective state schools and he's given his uh, lecture a title How to Cure Britain's Chronic Problem of Social Immobility Anthony. Well it 
us a, a real thrill to be here tonight and, and thank you so much and um, I do feel a slight, I'm going to say not a total hypocrite because of course I am partly responsible for creating the problem uh, by running independent schools and Wellington we just told has been up on the Sunday Times table from A-levels from 256 to 21st and we're trapped on being 10th on their particular way of assessing uh, A-levels uh, and you can do these things and by doing these things to schools then that is getting more privilege for the already hugely privileged just boo at that <laughs> and, 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 but you know uh, and so you could say well why am I not uh, running a state school um, I'm not running a state school because I'm not good enough uh, I tried at different points to teach in state schools and to run state schools and on every occasion I was turned down. So um, I'm very happy running independent schools. It's, uh, uh, you could say, because uh, nobody would appoint me to a state school as head, I had to found my own one and then make myself head, um, <laughs> which is what I did at Wellington Academy. Uh, and very nice it is too. Uh, and frankly, not that different to running any other school, in that if you know what you're doing, it is quite easy to drive up standards very dramatically. You might want to ask about that. I want to know why we're not out on the streets, frothing at the mouth, uh, and Furious about this uh, inability problem in Britain. Now, exactly uh, it so happens, almost to the day, I published a pamphlet last year called Schools United Ending the Divide Between Independent and State Schools in Britain. And um, there are about 50 copies of it uh, over there if anybody. Uh, uh, take one and uh, free and um, uh, so that was by the social published by the social market foundation uh, and since then there have been eight studies in this last year at least uh, which show that the problem uh, is if anything even worse um, and so, so what have we got? We've got 7% of the country there's at least one independent school head here, they tend to get very cross with me. Um, and um, when I point this out, um, I believe um, sometimes pointed out to 7% uh, of this country go to independent schools. Uh, uh, sometimes they're very affluent parents. Uh, sometimes they're, in fact, as at St Dunstan's, a school where I became acting head in Catford, where uh, the income was, I think, significantly less than St. Olaf's at a school some three or four miles away, grammar school, state grammar school in Bromley. So don't think that uh, all uh, independent schools are full of very affluent people because they're simply not that they are uh, often, particularly day schools, uh, full of people who are uh, struggling to find fees. Uh, but 7% uh, have this massively disproportionate impact on public life and I'll go back some, I'm not going to give you the figures because if you're interested you will see them in here but I'll just go you through some of the data on the more recent studies. Uh, so you've got 7% there, but more, you know, 
far more, or as differently, significant, but much less talked about, is the 8% uh, of uh, very affluent families who dominate state school places by uh, buying uh, houses uh, in the catchment areas of very uh, desirable uh, state schools, they might be grammar schools, uh, they might be academies, they might be very successful comprehensives, um, and using, uh, and somehow thinking they're bloody marvellous uh, and so noble uh, by doing this, they're using uh, the power uh, of their money to squeeze out that place for a, a child from a genuinely deserving background who wouldn't get another chance. Uh, I feel very strongly about this. My, my father came from a, uh, a, a, a Jewish uh, immigrant family, uh, father died, East London. Uh, used the state uh, school system to work his way up uh, and um, you know, could have, would have now probably be elbowed aside by, by pointy, elbowed, middle-class parents thinking that they are morally superior uh, for using the state system. They are not. Um, and uh, it really stuck in my craw when a while ago we took our children on holiday and there was a family we met, it just, it was, I just kind of first started thinking about it, uh, and uh, we started talking to them on the last night, and there was just a dad, and kind of, without talking, Joanna and I, we just kind of worked out narratives for what might explain where the mum was, and it, it, it turned out the mum wasn't there because she was in board meetings all week at, in New York, and, and the family marvellous because they hated independent schools, but they loved France schools, which they said they didn't have to pay for, it's marvellous. Um, and they were full, dripping uh, with social superiority and, and moral work. We felt honoured to be in the privileged company of such fine human beings. So this 8% who hog other places uh, make up uh, 15%, 7% of uh, independent schools, very socially mixed, uh, the families they come from, and 8% are from the most affluent families taking these places at 15 uh, And they will take uh, many of the top places at university. We need badly studies in this area. Badly, badly. I was just talking about, you know, uh, here at, at Oxford. Oxford's, what, 43% independent school at the moment? Uh, but no one seems to be able to tell me how much of Oxford is solidly middle class in terms of undergraduates. What percentage do you think? Pretty, pretty darn high. So the 85% uh, from the least advanced backgrounds in Britain, what are they having? 10%? 15% of the cream? Why are we not full of moral outrage? I mean, just think of the economic allocative inefficiency of a system where 85% are getting maybe, maybe 10 or 15% of their uh, full opportunity, while the other 15% are getting massively disproportionate. Is it that ability uh, it, it is disproportionately um, uh, channeled towards the, those from the most able backgrounds? Or do we have a more even spread ability? Think of the damage that this is doing. If they're going to Britain, create it. Think what damage is doing to social justice, to, 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 to what it means to be a democracy. Why are we not uh, outraged? Why are we not out on the streets? Uh, and you know, if I think about that, I, I think is it because uh, it frankly doesn't affect most of us? 
know, most for most of us, uh, our children, we are okay. I'm sure it's not that. Of course it's not that. Uh, I, and I just kind of think that the, the dread, much worse thought, occurs to me that we no longer think that it's odd. We're no longer outraged. We no longer think that you can do anything about this. Actually, you know, on another level, the, the master mentioned our schools in China, one of our partner schools in China, a very celebrated school in, in Beijing. Uh, of course, no fees at all, uh, but it's full of. And, and, and it's wonderful. It gets more people into uh, Oxford and Cambridge than those uh, 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 schools in Britain. But it's full of uh, the children of the affluent and of the Communist Party upper echelons. I mean, you know, any uh, any political system tends towards oligarchy. We didn't need Michels to tell us about that uh, and, and a self-preservation of elites. I mean, has there ever been a political system in history that doesn't try to preserve uh, the positions of the, of the elites and the powerful? So I don't think necessarily it's a particular fault of advanced capitalism, but I do think we should do something about it. And what in this talk, you know, I've come up with five ideas in my life. You might think they're rubbish ideas, but they are ideas uh, to try and ameliorate this. And in different ways, I've tried to put them into practice. So uh, let me just begin by saying, uh, what are the studies? I said there were eight. Uh, they come out in the last year since I produced that uh, pamphlet, which might have a purchase. Uh, on all of this. Um, so, uh, the first one is the Social Mobility and Child Poverty Commission, which you all know, headed by um, splendid Alan Milgram. Uh, that was October, these are not in, in chronological order, they're in the last year, but not in chronological order, October uh, 2014. Uh, and the conclusion of that was that Britain risked becoming permanently divided unless urgent action is taken. Um, then, in the British Journal of Sociology in November, so two months ago, suggested that social mobility up to the 1980s had, in fact, uh, improved. But now, it's been uh, getting, uh, uh, slowing down and going to reverse. They, they say that a child of a professional father is 20 times more likely now to become a professional than a child with a working class father. And they say that this is due to the decline in jobs uh, in the professions and the opportunities. Then there's an IFS study, study study in October, uh, the <coughs> month before, and it showed that those with identical educational achievements, so those people leaving UNIV with the first, and with exactly the same A-levels. Um, they are, um, that those who went on and leaving UNIF with identical qualifications, uh, if they went to private school, they will earn 7% more. Then there was Elitist Britain, a government report in August of last year, and you will know this one, I'm sure you remember it, 71% of senior judges 44% of the Sunday Times rich list, 43% uh, of newspaper columnists, and 33% of MPs uh, went to this 7% of independent schools. 
Uh, and it also talked about Oxbridge, 75% of senior judges are Oxbridge, 59% of cabinet ministers. Uh, and then uh, this weekend we had the direct 500 most influential people uh, in Britain had over 40% uh, of them went to independent school. That means you're seven times more likely to be in the eyes of correct. You know what I mean, so, uh, uh, You have views about Brett, but you're seven times more likely to be an influential person in their eyes if you went to an independent school. Um, seven times as many people were independent school. Then there was an independent schools <coughs> council study uh, of this month based on data from the Joint Council for Qualifications and that found that 48.2% of, that's nearly half, uh, those people at independent schools. It's worth remembering here, by the way, that independent schools who, you know, stereotype, stereotypical independent schools are full of very rich children from very rich parents, um, and they are very bright. Um, in my experience, um, uh, it's a very, very mixed sector socially, as I said, uh, I think that minicab drivers were the most, uh, um, the biggest single occupational group um, of parents at that school in South London when I was there. Um, and uh, they're not full of very bright children, they're comprehensive schools. They will take most uh, independent schools, many now are actually find it quite hard to fill themselves and they will take people who can pay the fees. Um, so, you know, the, these are not necessarily uh, super bright, whereas to be uh, staying on at a state school or going to a sixth form college means you will be likely to have had to have done well at GCSE. Uh, anyway, nearly half uh, those people at independent schools got an A or A star at A level, compared to the national average of 22.5. It's actually 48.2 is the figure. And then um, even uh, more concerning is, uh, well, not depending how you look at it, uh, is when you look at figures of mass, science, and modern foreign languages, uh, looking at the uh, impact uh, there uh, of um, uh, uh, looking at the discrepancy there in performance. And then finally, the Sutton Trust. Now, Sutton Trust, you'll remember uh, did a, a, a huge bombshell of a report 10 years ago that looked at the uh, uh, very poor social mobility of Britain uh, compared to most other countries with the exception of America uh, Britain is doing very badly in April of last year since I wrote this uh, they reviewed the progress and they found that social mobility, income mobility uh, had remained very low uh, it found that, uh, that uh, with the exception of the US, their conclusion was that data is still a shocking a challenge for this country now as it was 10 years ago when the news of low mobility first hit the headlines. So there we are. Uh, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about, just the data, uh, the update on the data since... This was published in January 2014, and those are seven or eight um, random quality um, uh, 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 but, uh, bits of uh, data collection, uh, sometimes more opinion than data, uh, which would show that the problem has, if anything, deteriorated. So, uh, why has, uh, secondly, 
then the third candidate just have a slight, uh, uh, make some comments about Oxbridge, very gentle detail around Oxbridge, very nice. Um, and what else? I'm in public school. Um, and uh, then I'm going to uh, talk about my five point planks uh, plan. Um, so, why is that? I mean, an awful lot's happened. Um, in uh, 1918, a headmaster of uh, Marlborough College who went on to Charterhouse, uh, a very uh, considerable man uh, went to see the education secretary um, who was H.A.L. Uh, Fisher and talked to him and this person Frank Fletcher said that uh, we have to do something about uh, the public schools we have to have a much wider cross section of the country uh, in um, uh, in our schools, and this was very much, think of the Lutchens, Gertrude Peacock cemeteries, actually this is so interesting, I did a book last year uh, on public schools in the Great War, and the school that lost the most was Beaton, uh, uh, and second was Warburg, third was uh, Wellington, and fourth was Charterhouse, uh, and you just go down, it's pretty much the same ranking of, of you know, the, the schools, the top 20 are pretty much the same similar schools that are there today 100 years later but you know, it was it's very interesting it's 200 years as you know since the Battle of Waterloo and you all know what happened to the soldiers after the Battle of Waterloo, they were uh, put in pits and, and, and no one wanted to individualise them um, and then, because of the remarkable work of Fabian Ware and others, um, the idea of individual grace, not just individual grace for every, for every uh, soldier, but also the same grave for a soldier as for a field marshal. And you, you all know that, and, and how radical that was. Uh, and, and the sense that those who had fought together, dined together, um, uh, moved many people at the time to think that something had to come out of this and people now had to be educated together. Um, and uh, Frank Fletcher's ideas came to nothing um, any more than they did Churchill talking famously at Harrow in the Second World War saying that we cannot conceive of a country that's going to be as socially unjust and we have to open up our great public schools to uh, everyone regardless of background. Fleming report came out, nothing came in that, nothing came in the Public Schools Commission, the Newsome report in 68. Uh, and then so many schemes, the assisted places scheme, much derided, uh, the work of Sutton Trust, uh, really outstanding work by the governments of uh, on education by um, governments of Blair and Brown and then Michael Gove, <coughs> who had a passion. This is not a political point, um, but a political point. He had a passion to improve the lot of the least advantaged in Britain. You might think he went about it in the wrong way, but the passion was there. Look at the work of the London Challenge uh, and the extraordinary success that they've had. And yet, and yet, and look, look at you know, Teach First. I'm so proud that our son is going to be. Uh, joining Teach First. Um, and yet, uh, 
despite all these things, very, very little has changed, and very, very little is changing. Uh, and so, you know, why might this be the case? And I think it's because uh, governments don't really want to spend the money. I mean, why are we, uh, what are the governments on about? Uh, what, why is Labour so obsessed about healthcare? There's a separate story there, which is that if we actually educate people properly to learn how to look after their bodies, and universities trying to do a better job actually of looking after the well-being of their young people. And, and started looking at the work more seriously of uh, Harold Webb and Angela Duckworth and Martin Seligman and others, we would help young people to adopt much more uh, healthy and responsible lifestyles so that they didn't have to rely so much on health care. But um, uh, looking at the both political parties, why is education not there? There was an article from page two of the Observer on Tuesday talking about the, the whole of Miliband's education platform uh, for uh, schooling. Where was it? Uh, uh, where, why isn't Cameron talking about uh, schooling and um, uh, and social mobility? So, so I think the government doesn't spend money on it, um, and they don't spend money because they think the votes are there. Um, I think secondly, there hasn't been more change because independent schools have been very very tenacious. Um, I think the reforms that have come in have often been flawed. I think that um, the elites have not wanted to make the change. I mean, where do newspaper editors, uh, director generals and BBC send their children? Uh, either to uh, independent schools or to very nice state schools. Um, I don't think there has been the appetite, um, the anger, that one might expect, given the injustice to 85% of young people in this country who have an equal right, an equal right, uh, to every other child to have their aptitudes developed. Uh, part of what goes wrong, of course, is that governments have such a thumpingly dull vision about what education is, and they think it is just about educating this up here without recognising that there's a much broader, more generous, more imaginative uh, vision about what education is that Howard Gardner of Harvard talks about. He said, don't ask how intelligent a child is, ask rather how is a child intelligent. And he comes up with a model of eight uh, intelligences, uh, 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 and um, uh, which are enormously interesting and fulfilling. Because what isn't, you know, what isn't developed by the age of 16 or 18 within a child, these aptitudes will often remain dormant for the rest of their life. We have a, a very dull vision about what school is. So I then want to just go into my quick Oxbridge um, digression, which will take three minutes. Um, a few points here only. I, I do think, yeah, I'm supposed to be very angry. We only got 24 uh, kids in this uh, year. Um, and um, I should be very, very angry. I should be telling you that you've got it entirely wrong. Um, uh, but actually, most of the time, you're right. Uh, don't always tell the parents that, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, let's go real here. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, you're Sophie will show them uh, when she gets her first at Luton um, uh, in in in. in um, motorcycle mechanics, and you know, that she'll really show them uh, what they've missed, uh, Mrs. Blenkinsop, 
major. Um, and, but the reality is you get it right most of the time, I think, but not always. Uh, but who does? Um, but my second point would be um, the, there's an, a, a, such a powerful stimulus to schools from Oxbridge that it's a shame that the amount of schools that take Oxbridge seriously isn't much broader and more generous because um, there is nothing, nothing uh, like Oxbridge to sharpen the scholarly and academic and intellectual muscles of students and teaching staff. Uh, there's nothing else out there. It's just a one show in town. Um, and uh, you don't get that stimulus, you know, from April. Uh, A-level is not intellectually interesting. Uh, you can have intellectually interesting teachers who teach in intellectually interesting ways, but the teaching of the subject, as you all know, is um, uh, dull um, and mechanical. Um, and I had, last weekend, uh, our daughter, uh, I can still remember, uh, my A-level set text, obviously, I can still remember most of my quotations on my A-level set text over eight, um, and I can remember many of the facts from my A-level history. I asked our daughter at lunch, uh, with my wife, who, who was uh, at Oxford Red English, um, about a set, te set text, she said, Dad, I, I can't remember them. Um, and she is 24, so she did them six years earlier, and she's very bright, she got a top A. Um, I mean, I know that's an anecdote, but it's an anecdote that to me reveals a massive truth about the dumbing down of A-level. I'm only making the point here not to talk about A-level, but to talk about the importance of Oxbridge. Um, it is so intellectually stimulating to have Oxbridge classes uh, going all in the Christmas term with many uh, people. It's so great for the teachers. My only wish would be that it was there for more schools, so that more schools would have that tonic. Uh, and my third point is... Um, just a slight bit about IB. You know, I don't think Oxbridge really gets IB. Um, two students uh, last year, um, uh, names only slightly altered, um, uh, Sarah got 45 points on IB. Getting 45 points on IB is ludicrously difficult. It's about equivalent, I would say, to getting six or seven A stars. It doesn't just show uh, great intellectual depth, but breadth and ability to organise yourself very, very well. And of course you don't have these endless bite-sized chunks. I know a lot of changing now. But you know, it's just a, it requires a very different quality of, of intellect and quality of seriousness and ability to uh, learn on your own. Um, and she wasn't offered a place. Um, and then this year uh, Rupert, uh, almost his name, uh, was uh, who, and I think this is just interesting, you know, uh, he is from a single parent family, actually very disadvantaged, uh, was uh, for the distinction of cello at the age of 13, uh, National Youth Or Orchestra, he's a year young, uh, he leads his house uh, really well, colossal integrity, will, will definitely, not maybe, definitely gone on at first. But he didn't, because he was doing IB in high level mass when he was up against uh, people who were doing mass and further mass available, spending two-thirds of their time or half their time 
doing maths. It just wasn't uh, enough. He just, so it was only one-sixth, actually slightly less than one-sixth, as I did, you know, you theory of knowledge and an extended project. So maybe a seventh of his time was doing maths. So he simply hadn't got... So, you know, and I think that there are... I, I, I do think that IB is a great system. So I just urge... Uh, schools to, uh, to, I'd urge schools to do it, certainly many more schools. Interestingly, uh, half the schools doing it are state schools, and it was hard work to persuade Michael Gove that if he didn't watch out, IB would disappear in state schools on his watch, and he therefore made it easier for them to do it. Uh, take IB seriously if you don't already. It, it is uh, important in schools maintaining academic honesty and, and, and depth. And, and then, okay, the last part, part four, is, is the five planks. Now, okay, uh, the first one is an interesting social market foundation which slightly amended it in a pamphlet that they've just introduced one year on. Um, and they've said that 20% of places at um, top independent schools and top state schools, schools, if you like, would get the one and off state be reserved for those on pupil premiums. Right. 18% of young people, the least advantaged children, on pupil premium. Now, at the moment, the government made this uh, voluntary. Schools can now uh, uh, bias uh, their admissions in the favour. I would make it mandatory. I would simply just go like that, and I would say that at internal schools, uh, which uh, are proven uh, policy and at state schools of proven quality, uh, you reserve, uh, because they will be full of middle class children, you reserve one quarter of spaces for young people in the bottom 20% of society on pupil premiums. I would simply just do it. Um, and there are all kinds of, uh, of benefits uh, in doing that. Uh, it would ensure, obviously, uh, the least advantaged had a real chance of a great education. Um, so the second thing I do with, what about those uh, areas of the country, many coastal areas, many uh, other areas uh, of um, uh, deprivation and decline, where there are simply no first-class providers of either state schools, no independent schools, but they're not all independent schools are great. Uh, obviously, um, and, and those six form colleges which are outstanding providers. I would uh, designate by competition one third of providers in those areas to have academic streams. Uh, and these schools would get extra funding, or colleges would get extra funding, uh, they would track academic staff up there, and uh, you would then uh, not have a grammar school position because there'd be a stream within an existing school. I think it would bring up the overall standard in those areas, it would mean that the young people with um, uh, serious-minded, academically ambitious young people in the same classes as them, taught by academically uh, ambitious teachers with real aspiration, it would mean that outreach, which at the moment, as you know, can be hit and miss in certain areas, could be channeled into much more effective areas. Of course, it's the second-best solution. Ideally, when we wouldn't have to do it, it would be there for all young people, but in terms of realism, it seems like a good uh, step forward. Thirdly, I would means test places at top uh, state schools, uh, which at the moment are being hogged by the middle classes. I'd make them pay heavily um, and use that money then to uh, come into the state system uh, to subsidise places for less advantaged young people. 
uh, it would bring an enormous amount of money in, it would uh, combat this uh, horrible and uh, much talked about but um, uh, uh, little or nothing done about problem of people buying their uh, houses and catchment areas of desirable um, schools. Uh, fourthly, I would, uh, just looking at the time here, just coming to an end, quite soon, I would uh, make every independent school uh, either um, form an academy, um, which we did uh, with uh, Wellington Academy. We've now just had our first primary, so there are two Wellington Academies in Wiltshire. And the difference, I mean, frankly, it was very, very tough, and it took a lot of work getting it right. Uh, I let, take my fault, I let, didn't want to intrude too much, so we let it just go very much its own way, and we thought somehow rebadging it and rebranding it um, and doing some joint insects, etc., would be enough, and it wasn't. So we had to completely re engineer it from September 13 for and a bit terms ago following disastrous results that summer at GCSE and we're now getting it sorted. So uh, I've learnt a lot from that uh, and the way that I'd change that uh, idea would be to say it's got to be in association with a proven academy provider like ARC and like many other or a proven local authority that's uh, really capable of running great schools. Uh, that way you'd get people mixing together. At the moment it's hideous the lack of um, a relationship between, uh, I think, independent schools and uh, state schools, where many of the children, many of the parents, many of the teachers actually want to be together. It's not that they want uh, to be separated, it's just the lack of opportunities. This would bring in... So one of the many, many things that, for example, happened at Wellington Academy is that uh, the, the alumni from Wellington College offer internships for young people. Now, of course, it's only a drop in the ocean, but everybody's doing this. Uh, it's several drops in the ocean. And if you combine with everything else that I'm talking about here, then you get real momentum. Um, so, and the other thing I'd do is, if that's not possible, I'd get everyone, uh, all those who don't want to have an academy relationship, and by the way, I think it's important that you take the name, because if we, were, we didn't call it Wellington Academy, we'd just have frankly have walked away when it just looked like a kind of project that was just too big to handle, and we just could have got, you know, walked away and just left it uh, and we said, well, you know, we're frightfully sorry uh, but, you know, it's just it's a little bit much uh, we've got other things to do but because it's taken our name, we can't and I think it's really, really important and it's important also for the alumni to feel that hey, you know, this is part of something and the kids in this school now the kids at Wellington Academy they wear the same uniform as they do at Wellington College when they're together we have joint activities you cannot tell them apart uh, they have the same house names the same codes I say to them, I just want the same for you as I want from the kids at Wellington College. Um, I, yeah, well, it's a mission, it's a personal mission. Teaching schools is another opportunity, so we're part of a teaching school alliance, I won't go into all that. Some of you, those of you who know about teaching school alliances will know about it, and those who don't just get the idea that, that, that it's, it, it, it's akin to teaching hospitals, kind of. Um, and it, it, it is, uh, well, that's what uh, government says. It'd be interesting to know quite where they go uh, after the election of the new government. But it is a way of bringing state and independent schools together. And uh, finally, I would broaden out. I mean, why is it that those young people 
Um, not that earning income, frankly, is very important, but why are they earning more? Um, uh, those people come from private schools uh, when they're leaving um, university with the same qualifications. What is it that is going on? Obviously, it's part of the family, but it's also that sense of um, uh, everything else that the independent school offers. And I do think, as you've already gathered from what I was saying there about holistic education and how I've gotten implications about much more than just exam passes. Um, I, I, I asked today, there was a, a, a lad from school had died and everything, and I was trying, we tried to help them. Um, you know, all schools are full of children with all kinds of special circumstances. I wrote to a publisher and said, could you do, could they have some internship with you? And their first question was, not what A-levels, or actually this child did I be, uh, but are they fun? Or will they be fun? You know, and, and actually, you yeah, uh, um, uh, know, this kid was brilliant indicating me, for example, uh, which I don't find very funny, but, you know, it's, it's an indicator <laughs> of, 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 you know, so what is that sense of fun? What is that sense of um, roundness that you get from the sport, from uh, well-being, which is uh, so important in terms of developing self-confidence, character education, uh, and boarding too. Wellington Academy has boarding. I think boarding is great. I'd love to see boarding far more uh, in state schools. So we have a hundred boarders at Wellington Academy. Uh, we'll expand it to two hundred uh, when we can. And um, I-, I would just make uh, there's so much that independent schools can learn from state schools and as much as state schools can learn from independent schools, including this much broader vision about what it means to be uh, an educated human being. So though that in sum, uh, going back, that's the five planks of that platform. Um, I then looked at uh, a bit of, just quickly turned to Oxford, I looked at why many of the very well-meaning reforms uh, of the last 100 years have not had the impact and I began by saying that in the years since I wrote that pamphlet, uh, seven or eight separate studies show the problem actually uh, is not going away. If anything, despite everything that's going on, uh, is getting more pronounced in Britain. Should I stop that answer? Thank you very much. Thank you.